0: who am I if I'm not the champion everyone calls me champ I've been the champ for such a long period of time I've won so much on the biggest stage and now here I am humiliated and embarrassed in front of the entire world
1: Olympic Channel Podcast
2: That was Olympic gold medalist Jordan Burroughs talking about coming back from his career disappointment at Rio 2016 We sat down with one of the world's best wrestlers to talk success, failure, and why he's gunning for gold in a wiser way this time around. I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week, we find for you the best people to talk about the biggest Olympic talking points, to inspire and to motivate. If you love the Olympics, subscribe right now, wherever you find your podcasts.
1: Olympic Olympic Channel Channel. Podcasts.
2: ...representing the United States of America... ...Jordan Burroughs! Jordan Burroughs was just 24... ...when he was crowned Olympic champion at London 2012. At 5'8", or 173 centimetres... ...he's not the world's biggest. But his mindset and focus... ...well, they're impressive. Four years after his win in London... He was expected to triumph again only this time it didn't happen ahead of the wrestling world championships which start on september 14th in kazakhstan we sent gymnast caitlin ohashi to interview the four-time world champion
1: olympic channel podcast i'm caitlin ohashi and today we are in new york with jordan burroughs what did it what was it like winning 2012.
0: it was pretty epic i was young i was a year removed from college and so I'd watched the Olympics my entire life, but I would never realized that I was capable of being an Olympian until I won the Olympic trials, right? So getting to the Olympic Games, it was pretty special because I'd grown up watching it. So to have my family in the stands and me to be down on the mat at the Excel Center in London, it was surreal. And so to go through that tournament and really navigate my way through and end up winning a gold medal, it was like, I didn't think it was possible until I actually made it happen. And once I made it happen, I was like, wow, like, I can't believe I just did this. I have seen this for such a long period of time. I watch other people try to pursue it and fail at it. And I did it on my very first try with very little experience. It was pretty cool. It was pretty exciting.
1: So going to 2016 yeah. and you want to talk about that for a little bit?
0: When you go into an event and you only think about one thing, and that's to win, when that doesn't happen for you, it's devastating, right? And so you then retreat into like the dark recesses of your mind where you're like, Golly, like who am I if I'm not the champion? Everyone calls me champ. I've been the champ for such a long period of time. I've won so much on the biggest stage, and now here I am, humiliated and embarrassed in front of the entire world. And I have to go back to the drawing board and reconsider who I am, what I do, do I want to move forward, change my perspective, And I don't get another chance to do this until four years from now. And so it's a difficult place to be in. But I think that now I've seen it from both sides. I've been champion. I've gone home empty-handed. And so I've been at the highest of high and I've been at a place that was so devastating that I don't really think I could ever arrive at a place like that again from a loss, per se. And so I think that now I reach a point where I'm like, okay, I've done it both I want to really perform at my best because I know if I give my best, I can be happy with the result. The product's always good if I wrestle at my best. And so whether that's get my hand raised, um, winning a silver or bronze, or not even winning at all, right? I think that perspective changes and you feel, listen, if I put my best out there, I'll be good to go. Because if I win, sweet, I get my hand raised again, this is a special moment. But if I lose, I gave everything I had, that's really all I can do, so it's out of my hands
1: did you learn a lot of those lessons from not?
0: I did. Um, Yes and no. So the yes is you have to rebuild yourself somehow mentally, psychologically afterwards. So there are a lot of um, just like nuances of of your just mental perspective that you have to change. There has to be a shift because you question everything at that point. You're like, Why do I still want to do this? Should I still do this? Am I, do I have the right coaches? Am I in the right location? Do I have the right team of people around me? Did I do the right things leading up to this event? You just question everything that you once thought was the perfect preparation. Now everything you have done seems like a failure. I'm like the last three years that i prepared for this have went to waste. I'm a much better athlete than I was four years ago, but I was a champion four years ago and now I'm nothing. And so you think about all those things and it can really play with your mind often. Um, And so that was a difficult space for me to be in. Um, But I think that after rebuilding my mindset, I really realized that not only was I a good wrestler, but my identity wasn't tied into what I did. You know what I mean? And so, like, I wasn't just a wrestler and I wasn't just a champion because I got my hand raised a bunch of times. Even that was the way a lot of people saw me. And that was one of the most difficult things too is like you wear the scarlet letter, right? And so everyone sees you at one point as this invincible, indestructible figure that is a hero to so many people. And then you go to this low place where you don't perform at your best and people are like, oh man, I'm sorry. Like, or like, what happened? What's wrong with you? Is everything okay? And so, like, I really started to detach my identity from what I did. I recognized that who I was was different from what I did. You know what I mean? So my occupation wasn't who I was as an individual. and That was special to me. And so, like, my my wife will tell you now, like, I'm a, a lot more peace when I compete. It's like, not that I don't care as much, I always care, but like, I'm able to just let it bounce off of my shoulders a lot easier. I think to be great in sport, you have to be able to detach your emotions from your performance. And that's what I think I've been able to do, is like, all right, listen, I'm just gonna go out here and give what I got. If I what I have is enough, I'm gonna win. If not, my family is at home, they still love me, my coaching and staff still supports me. I'll go back to practice tomorrow, fix everything that I did wrong here and try to do better next time.
1: That's amazing, I'm so happy you still, like re- realize that because so many times it's so hard to do that and I feel like it took me going through my injury and to have my sport ripped away until I finally realized felt that a bit. oh yeah yeah because yeah. every gold medal is how I got my self-worth and self-validation and
0: but it's wild because you don't see it until you don't have it right so when you're within it you're like oh no I'm good I'm good like I could this could you could take this away from me and I'd still be fine yeah. but when it's actually taken away you're like damn you really have to face it it changes things you yeah, know and it changes crazy. it's hard it's hard.
1: I think Miss Bell, my coach at UCLA, did like an amazing job at getting us all to realize that we have like our own unique lights yeah. and we aren't gymnasts, we do gymnastics. And so like you're just you do. You you wrestle. Right. You're not a wrestler. For gymnasts, after the Olympics, we get time off kind of because some of us contemplate whether we're you're going back or not. So after your Olympics in 2016, did you take any time off?
0: I did. I took a lot of time off after 2016 because I was just so... I was just beat up physically and mentally. I was like, I need a break. I need some time away. And I was contemplating. I didn't want to come back because I was embarrassed. Not that I physically couldn't do it anymore, but I was just like, ah, if I come back, people are going to see me and I have to face the questions of why I didn't perform at my best at my last competition. But then I sat down for a while and my coaches, Mark Manning, Brian Snyder from Nebraska, they actually came back and they sat on my couch across from there like, what do you want to do? Like when you stepped into this realm and this arena of sport, you say you wanted to be the best ever. You wanted to break the record for most world Olympic titles and be the best that this country has ever seen. I'm like, yeah, I, I do. And they were like, well, what's changed? And I'm like, nothing really. Like, and they was like, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's just going to take you a little longer to get to where you want to be but like the goal is still intact it's just one less tournament that you get to do it at and i think it really kind of changed my perspective as i was like wow i can still do this like there's still gold to be had right There's still wins on the table there's still moments and opportunity for me to i don't like to say redeem or like vindicate because it's not really some place that i want to pursue but just like fun to be had, moments to be captured. And that was pretty cool for me. And so after that, I took maybe two to three months off and I went to a training camp. And so I wrestled in August. I went to a training camp in like November, early December. And I wrestled with one of the guys on Team USA and I did really well. And I'm like, damn, I can remember texting my wife that night and I was like, I'm, I'm pretty good still. And she was like, duh. <laughs> She's like no crap like of course you're still good. You had one freaking bad day Like she was like trying to snap me out of it. Like I was delirious. She's like snap out of it You're fine. You're gonna go back. You're gonna wrestle. You had a bad day. It happens to everyone Um, And so it was good I had a good team of people around me like that were constantly encouraging me like hey listen you can do this You're fine. You're fine. And so I kind of blocked out all the negativity and everything that was thrown my way and I refocused myself Recenter myself, and I got back to work. It's a long road to becoming
2: Olympic champion again, but Jordan is determined to make that dream a reality
0: once more.
1: So, along with this preparation, yeah. because the Olympics is 12 months away, which is a while. Yeah. What does the preparation look like right now?
0: Well, the Olympics are a year away, but the trials in many things in between are much sooner. So we have the world championships coming up there in Nur-Sultan, Kazakhstan. And so that's my next competition. That's the biggest competition. For me in my career outside of the olympic games and then we have the olympic trials which are april 4th and 5th of 2020 and so there's a lot of preparation a lot of stuff that goes on between now and actually making it to tokyo i've got like a lot of friends and family who are like yo we're coming to tokyo we're about to book our flights i'm like listen i still got to make the team like i got a lot of things i need to do before you guys can start getting into this um, area starting to book tickets and stuff but it's it's good i think um you try to remain patient throughout it all Enjoy the process in each moment that you're afforded, but also you look ahead like, man, if I could do this, if I could make it here, if I could compete well, like these are life changing events for every individual that competes here. And so I remember back in 2012, my first Olympic Games, going on to win, and it really set me on a different course of life than I would have imagined before I made the team, right? Now we are here seven years later, and life's completely different than it was then, but the goal remains the same, and that's to go out make the team, and perform at my best.
1: You've talked a lot about 2016 and overcoming overcoming a lot of struggles and hardships. What would the perfect Tokyo 2020 look like for you?
0: For sure, gold. Gold for me. I wanna win. Um, I don't have to win. It's not necessary for me to feel like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish in my career, but I would like to. I think that leading up into Tokyo, I'm approaching it the same way I approached 2016, just with a little more perspective, a lot more perspective. Let's say it that way. And uh, a lot of people are in my corner that have encouraged me and shown me that I'm much more than what I do. And so regardless of how Tokyo turns out, whether I make the team or not, whether I perform at my highest level or not, I still feel good about who I am and uh, what I'll do moving forward. But yeah when i go into 2020 the expectation is to go make an olympic team and to go kick some butt
1: do you ever feel that pressure though
0: for sure there's always pressure right there's always pressure um yeah it's it's pressure there's always pressure right like i don't i don't think the average person can understand the type of pressure that we we go through yeah. because there's always an expectation every time we perform every single day whether it's diet nutrition, um, social posts, um, the way we interact with people, signing autographs for fans, you know what I mean, taking pictures with people. Like, like, we can't be normal. Like, we can't be normal, right? Because normal for us could mean losing everything and being criticized and chastised, where other people can just do what they want. And for us, we want to be excellent. We want to live a life of excellence and have more, pursue more, achieve more. And so with that comes expectations from people, but also from ourselves. Because everything we have now, we once prayed for. But now that we have it, it's not enough, right? You want more. And so the pursuit is always to figure out how to be better than you were yesterday. But with that, also, there comes pressure. And so I always try to relieve myself of that pressure. Like, listen, I'm in a good position. I'm content with everything I have. If I never achieve anything more, I'm happy with my life. But then, once I arrive at that place, I'm like, all right, let's go to work, let's get more, you know. And so it's it's tricky, it's tricky. But I think it's uh, for me, it's more spiritual than circumstantial, right? I think that you always try to find a place where it's like, oh, if I win this, if I get this sponsorship, if I get to go here, if I travel here, if my son wins this, if he makes this team, goes to this school. But you recognize that at every one of those platforms, you recognize that it's a, uh, you get to this place where there's a constant pursuit, and sometimes it's fleeting, right? Because you can never really, it's like chasing the wind. You can never really capture it, right? first, I just wanted to have a nice home. Now it's got to be 5,000 square feet. You know, first, I just wanted to make the Olympics. Now I got to win a gold medal. And I won a gold, now I got to win two, you know? And so it's like you're constantly trying to pursue these things. And so being content, recognizing that I'm blessed regardless, and uh, just being satisfied with the things I have is pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. So, it, would you say if we were to all go away right now, yeah, you would be 100 percent happy with yourself?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, that's hard. That's a hard, that's a hard, <laughs> that's a hard question me. to answer. No, i know, I wouldn't be. I'd have to work to be. I could get there, but today, no, I wouldn't be. I'd have to work there because I, I like what I do and I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the pursuit. Like I like walking into the arena and everyone watching me to see what I'm capable of, right? Like, I know you like going on the floor and knowing that when your routine begins, everyone runs to their seats to see what you got and what you've been working hard to do, right? And so, like, I I, I get excited about that. Like, I, I like being the, the main attraction and putting on a show. And so my preparation reflects that. I try to do everything right when I prepare, so when I do go out there, I'm like, no way I'm letting this guy beat me because I've prepared the right way. I've done everything the right way. Um, and I just like that buzz. I like stepping on the stage and hearing my name called and coming through the smoke in the tunnel and watching people with their butts glued to their seats seeing what I'm capable of. Like, that excites me. It's, it's scary, too, but it's like a roller coaster, or a haunted house, or a scary movie. All these things that you know are going to scare you, but you go into them because of the excitement and the thrill you get from them. And that's how I feel about my sport.
1: Yeah, performing is 100%, like, the best part of yeah, any yeah, sport, like, sure. to put on the show, show off what you've worked for it's your entire heck, life. It's though. But yeah. But it's,
0: like, also so fun. It's, like, exhilarating, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, my goodness. It's like when you freaking finally pull, you know how you go on a roller coaster and it finally stops, like, at the end, and you're like, that was amazing, you know what I mean? But, like, the whole time you're going up that hill, it's like, clink, 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 you're so scared the entire time, like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And then you come through, shh let's do it again. So <laughs> yeah, sweet. exactly. First thing. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> pretty
2: sweet. Jordan is a fighter and there's no doubt he's a tough guy. So, what scares the tough guys?
1: So, what would you say your fear, you are afraid of growing up And what are you afraid of now?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I think it shifts as you age. So when I was a kid, I think my biggest fear was, I don't know, probably my parents (laughs) getting (laughs) spankings or something, I don't know. But I think that as you get older, you start to fear uh, things that happen to you in life that are out of your control. Whether it's some sort of unforeseen circumstance, um, a catastrophe in life, someone being injured, you being injured you not being able to achieve your goals. I think really failure for me, anything that's gonna deter me from being at my best is something that I ultimately fear. But I try not to live a life that I'm inhibited by fear. Like I am always hopeful in every circumstance that I can get through it because of my faith and the encouraging group of people that I have surrounding me. Uh, so that's important. I think having a good team, having a strong faith, and then just being like, unwaverable, unshakable, any circumstance that comes my way. As much as I like to say I could handle it, I know it would be difficult, but I've got a team of people that I follow and that are surrounding me that will encourage me to get through it, yeah.
1: I've found that with a lot of my fears that I like to write about them. And yeah. I've written a lot of poetry about things that I stand for. Sure. And with your platform, you have a lot of say and you have a lot of control over how you want to portray yourself. So what is something you say you would say you stand for?
0: Just being at your best I think everyone is capable of living their best not just watching other people live their best. I think in the age of social media you watch everyone else live their best life and you compare your own life to theirs and you say man my life stinks like I'm not as cool as them I could never do this but you have to find ways in which you can utilize your own unique gifts and your own special abilities so you can be at your best and i think that everyone is capable of doing that you just have to have other people that pour into you and you have to sometimes unplug from comparisons with other people and really just uh get to the root of what your purpose is and find out what you enjoy and i think that ultimately that's what i stand for so if you watch me post on social media or um just the way i approach life it's always being hopeful trying to help people elevate themselves to a life of excellence that they can be proud of and that they are happy to share. And um, and then also just uh, just being happy with what you have. I think contentment, um, regardless of circumstances, is truly a good place to be if you want to live a happy life.
1: The love and hate relationship with social media. My coach always right, tells crazy. us, I know. my coach always says that you're meant to be yourself. And so if you're trying to be another person, then you will never reach your full potential. For so sure. I think that's really amazing. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, and keep your eye out for Jordan on his journey to Tokyo 2020. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast.
2: Big thanks to Jordan and to Caitlin as well. You can follow Jordan on Instagram. His handle is all I see is gold. I've put links in for everyone's social media in the episode description. If you want to show Jordan some support, get an Instagram story up right now. Throw in a quote, give us a tag at Olympic Channel, and that would be amazing. Last month was our most popular ever on the podcast, and one of the reasons was probably because we had, as our guest, gymnast Simone Biles. Ahead of the Gymnastics World Championships, which are in October, it is definitely one to have a listen to
1: I feel like one of my favorite shout outs was probably Michelle um our former first lady um Michelle Obama or Chrissy Teigen those are like my favorite people
2: I like how you're on a first name basis with Michelle <laughs> now that is also linked up in the episode description if you want to follow me I'm at any older than I and E on all social media if you have the time to write a little review on the podcast app that would be very good indeed too Five stars. That is it for now, though. See you soon. Think
0: like an Olympian.